Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. It is a Tuesday. Sixth day of September 2022. What is going on, everybody? Dan Gross's show is back. It is live. It is in living color right here on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Jacob Perry and Harvey Cruz are along for the ride. They're producing the program today. We're taking it right up until 10 o'clock. Larry and Gordon, my buddies, my pals, they're going to carry you the rest of the night once we are through. We got a lot a lot of ground to cover over the next three hours, you and I. And as always, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. Good to be back. Hope everybody had a nice, restful Labor Day holiday weekend. Unofficially saying goodbye to summer. Got a chance to go out to the tennis center on Sunday for a little U.S. Open. And it was a fan. I mean, ten. I spent 10 hours out there. 10 hours. Weather held up. You know, it wasn't sweltering. You know, you had a little bit of the cloud cover to keep the sun out at times and a lot of great food, great drink. It was it was a great day. Perfect way to end the summer, as always, when you head out there, if you're a tennis fan going to the U.S. Open. So love being back out there. Hadn't been out there since 2019 because of, you know, obviously 20. They had nobody uh, with the pandemic. And then last year, I didn't get a chance to get out there. So it was good to be back. And uh, still got another week of the tournament. And uh, you got some new faces. Let's put it that way. And so maybe some unfamiliar names to many who are going to be vying for that top prize, which we will get into a little bit later on in the tournament. I know that uh, the guys a little bit earlier and Peter were talking about Serena losing on Friday. We were on the air Friday night when she played that match against Isla Tomljanovic. And uh, that saw her into the tournament in the third round. Tomljanovic actually lost this afternoon, so her U.S. Open is finished. It ends in the quarterfinals. But you still got a few Americans who are still in this field. Two on the women's side. You got Coco Goff, who's playing tonight. You got Jessica Pagula, who's going to play tomorrow. Pagula's the daughter of the uh, owners of the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabres, uh, Terry and Kim Pagula. And then you got Francis Tiafo, big foe who had the win of his life yesterday. I'm sure a lot of people caught that yesterday afternoon at Arthur Ashe. A Labor Day ousting of Rafael Nadal. Biggest win of his career by far. So, hey, when you take advantage of these opportunities as a player, when you have these opportunities presented to you as a player, you want to take advantage of them. You know, this field is wide open now. There's no big three. There's no Federer. There's no Nadal. There's no Djokovic. So there's seven men that are left in this draw. One of them is going to be a Grand Slam champion for the first time. So it should be exciting here, and, you know, we'll see uh, what's going to shake out here over the next few days. We'll give you some thoughts on that. Of course, we'll do plenty of football. We are less than a week away till the start of the Jets and the Giants season coming up on Sunday afternoon. Jets are going to be home against the Baltimore Ravens, as you know, at MetLife Stadium. 1 o'clock kickoff. Our coverage right here on 98.7 begins at 11 a.m. Greg Buttle and myself cast the thousands. Pre-game show live from MetLife and the Coaches Club Giants are going to be playing a little bit later on in the day. They have a 425 affair in Tennessee against the Titans. So the Brian Dayball, Joe Shane era gets underway in the Music City there coming up on Sunday afternoon. So a lot of things we got to get to as far as both of those teams are concerned. And 
you know, I, 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 we might have briefly touched on it last week, but I was just saying it to the guys when I talked to them at the end of the K show. Like, I just, for the life of me, and it's more so even with the Jets, like the Jets are probably getting more disrespect nationally than even the Giants are. You know, and the Jets are supposed to be further ahead the curve than the Giants, right? The Giants are literally starting over with a new coach, with a new general manager, could be the last ride here for Daniel Jones. A lot of new faces on that roster. Like, Jets went through all that stuff last year. Jets upgraded. Remember, the Giants, like, didn't sign anybody. Dave Gettleman left them with no cap space. What kind of improvements did the Giants make to this roster outside of the draft? Jets really went out there and just kept bringing in player after player after player and upgraded the personnel on this team. But yet they seem to think that they're going to be a laughing stock. So a lot of things to sort out. And, of course, the NFL season gets underway on Thursday night with the Bills and the Rams, the defending champs against the team that, let's face it, a lot of people think could go all the way this year. I mean, the Buffalo Bills, probably, I would say, more so than anybody else. I mean, they have become almost as if, like, the team to beat or the popular pick to win a Super Bowl, right? Maybe it's their time. Maybe they're due. You know, the close playoff defeats over the last couple of years. Maybe they're going to learn from it. Maybe they'll finally get over the hump, whatever. You know, unfortunately, if you're a Jet fan, you're going to have to deal with that team twice a year. And, you know, they're always going to be the roadblock. So as you try to build your own program and you try to get better, you got to do it with a team that's become now one of the superpowers in the entire NFL, and that's the Buffalo Bills. Remember we always wondered, when the whole Belichick-Brady dynasty was going on with the Patriots for, you know, 15, 20 years, we said, well, eventually this is going to come to an end, right? Eventually it's not going to last forever. So the question is, who is then going to seize the reins of the AFC East once Brady and Belichick are no longer a thing? Well, Brady left, and I wouldn't say the Patriots are a superpower anymore, not by any stretch of the imagination. And I, to me, outside of the locals, of course, like if I'm sitting here and just – you know, identifying games that I am looking forward to watching on Sunday or I'm really intrigued by. I mean, the Patriot game is probably like at or near the top of the list. You know, them going down to Miami, and by the way, a place they never play well. Remember, like Brady played his worst games down in Miami, and I know that he's not there anymore, but, you know, Pat's Dolphins, think about all the intrigue for both of those teams. You know, Mike McDaniel taking over the Miami Dolphins. What is he going to be like? as a first-year head coach. Now this offense has more explosive elements to it with Tyreek Hill being a part of the group. Tua Tungavailoa, he's got to put up or shut up in year number three. Right, they'll tell you down there in Miami, he throws the best ball. You know, Tyreek Hill says he throws the best football he's ever seen in his life. Well, Tua's got to go out there and get the job done. Right, more than anything, he's got to go out there and he's got to prove it. So both of these teams, you know, New England, all you hear about is just how bad the offenses look the entire preseason. Matt Patricia, who was formerly the Patriots' defensive coordinator once a time, is the guy now who's dialing up the plays for Bill Belichick offensively. So I don't know what to expect. I'm not impressed by the roster on paper. I've said this many, many, many times. Patriots, to me, have the least amount of talent on paper in the AFC East. So let's see how both of these teams get at it. And as I said, that'll be a fun one on Sunday afternoon before the both of those clubs. So a lot of football stuff that we'll do. We'll put a bow on the first week of the college football season. And boy, you had a few barn burners. You had a few exciting games, a couple of upsets. And, you know, not to say that anybody's in jeopardy of losing their job, but there's a couple of guys, a couple of coaches in particular, who, you know, rode into town with a big fat paycheck and a brand new accent. And promise big things, and they're 0 for 1. 
And we're talking about Brian Kelly's Bayou Bengals down there at LSU who couldn't really master the special teams element of college football in losing a game to the Florida State Seminoles there on Sunday night that they had no business, no business losing. And you know what? You coach at a place like LSU, that act is going to get old really, really quick. Remember, Ed Orgeron won a national championship down at LSU. Okay, national championship, arguably had one of the best college football teams that year with Joe Burrow when they won the whole thing. One of the best college football teams single season maybe that we've seen in the last 25 years. That's how good they were. That's how stacked they were. A couple of years later, he was out of a job. It's a what have you done for me lately kind of mentality in a place like that. So we'll see if Brian Kelly is going to be able to turn it around. But yikes, that was a rough introduction there against Florida State on Sunday evening. Baseball, though, is where we're going to begin. And the Yankees don't have a game today. Thankfully, they came to their senses and they called. I mean, just an awful, crummy, I mean, a disgusting day outside. You know, it, it, it's almost like doubly depressing. When you get through the Labor Day weekend, you know, you close the door on all the summer stuff, and then, you know, you begin a new kind of the kickstart of fall and back to work, back to school, all those things, and you get the weather like this. It's like, yuck. You know, just gross. So no Yankee game tonight. They're going to play two against the Minnesota Twins. And we got a lot to say about the Yankees. So many elements here. I mean, they've won a couple of games in a row. But are you really all that convinced that they've righted the ship? Are you really all that convinced that they've managed to turn things around? I don't know if I am. You know, I know the standings say they've won two in a row and they're still in first place. But, okay, what does that mean? Right. Like at the end of the day, what is that going to get you? How do you keep stacking wins together? And if you look at the personnel of this team, they just keep dropping like flies. And the guys that they run in that lineup or Aaron Boone writes in that lineup each and every day, they're not producing. There's one guy that's getting it done in that lineup and he wears number 99 and he's really tall and he hits a lot of home runs. Other than him, nobody is contributing. And if I'm an opponent of the New York Yankees over the final 25 or whatever games are left in the season, why, oh, why, oh, why would I even think to pitch to Aaron Judge unless there wasn't a base open? Let somebody else on that team beat me. Because you know what? I would take that challenge any day of the week compared to what I'm dealing with with 99. Mets, meantime, are playing again today. They got rained out in Pittsburgh yesterday, even though a drop of rain never even fell during the afternoon. Um... You heard the guys talking about Starling Marte, who got hit by a pitch in his hand first at bat in the first inning. Well, guess what? He's out of the game. That lasted a couple of innings. Now he's been replaced in right field by Tyler Naquin. You hope it's not anything serious because Starling Marte has probably been one of the two or three most productive hitters all season long in this Mets lineup. They need him to contribute. They need him to, you know, be that force in the lineup that he has been for much of 2022. We'll get an update as soon as they make it available about the status of his hand and where it's at right now. But this is a fun time of year. You know, we were talking about that on Friday night, how, like, all these sports are kind of converging together once you get into September. You know, the NFL season is here. Hope springs eternal, despite the fact that, you know, the Jets and Giants might be in for long seasons. But you can hope, right? You can have optimism. You never know. You got two first-place baseball teams, even though they're not playing all that great right now right got the college football season off and running got some good tennis going on here for another week and then before you know it it's going to be NBA and NHL season great time of year 
Great to be with you. And as I said last week, we got some fun things planned now that we are officially in game week. So as we move through the week here each night, we're going to get you set and give you everything you need to know for the Jet games, the Giant games, week one in the NFL, all the games up, down, and bottom. We got some great guests lined up for you. I can't wait to get this thing going. And we're going to do it with you here at 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We come back, we'll talk a little Yankees. You know, they got the night off, but let's take the temperature of this team right now. Off of back-to-back wins. Okay, have your fears been calmed at all about the way this team has been playing baseball really for the last couple of months? We'll get into it. Dan Gross's show. It is a Tuesday night after Labor Day. It's football week right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Game week upon us in the NFL. Sunday, Jets host the Ravens. Giants in Tennessee. I love it. I love it. Cannot wait. But we'll start with some baseball here. Uh, Mets are trailing the Pirates 1-0. Pittsburgh scratches across a run in that second inning. Sack fly from Michael Chavis. So Mets have to come from behind, see if they could get these bats going against the Buccos. And, you know, we were talking during the break, too. You know, the Malay. we'll get to the Mets plenty. You know, we'll, we have a lot to say about them. But the Malays that they showed in those two games against the Nationals on Saturday and Sunday, you know, and then you carry it over here tonight against a crummy team like the Pirates. And, you know, there's nobody in that ballpark. I, I would say probably at least half the fans there are Met fans, you know, because they travel well. But nobody's going to watch this team play. And... When you're scuffling a bit and when you're having a hard time generating any sort of momentum and whatnot, that, that, those are the most difficult type of environments to get yourself up to play the game. And I know they're professionals, and they're making millions and millions of dollars, and you shouldn't have to be motivated. And that's what, you know, Buck Showalter's going to tell you every time. But, you know, it's human nature. You know, these are still human beings. Like, going and playing in an empty park like that in kind of like the dog days here a little bit, it, it could be a challenge, but you know what? You better snap out of it or else you're going to wake up and you're not going to be in first place anymore. It's as simple as that. That's what the alternative is right now for this baseball team. But I want to start with the Yankees, though. And if you didn't hear, rained out tonight, doubleheader tomorrow beginning at 3.05, single admission doubleheader. So come one, come all, two for the price of one if you want to go watch Yankees and Twins coming up tomorrow. They got a five-game lead right now. Over Tampa Bay, it's four in the loss column, and they've won a couple of games here back-to-back, but I don't know 
if like my concerns and the ones that I've been expressing and we've talked about here for the last couple of weeks about the way this team was playing, I don't know if those have gone anywhere just because they won a couple of games. Now, okay, good. Beat Tampa there, avoid the sweep, fantastic. You beat the Twins yesterday, but they always beat the Twins. You know, there's like three guarantees in life. There's death, there's taxes, and the Yankees are going to beat the Minnesota Twins. It doesn't matter the circumstances. It doesn't matter the year. It doesn't matter if it's exhibition, regular season, postseason, what planet, what rules. The Yankees will always beat the Twins. So I don't know if you get a lot out of yesterday. And they still needed Aaron Judge to bail them out when it was all said and done by hitting that home run to put him in the lead. And thank God for Aaron Judge, and thank God for him on this team, because where would they be without him? And I don't even think this is a time for your Yankee fan. Don't even be thinking about, like, what's going to happen in the offseason, right? Like, oh, what if he leaves as a free agent? Which, guys, it could happen. It could happen. You think Aaron Judge is going to give the Yankees a hometown discount in any way, shape, or form? Duh. If he was going to give them a discount, he would have signed that offer that they put forward to him right at the beginning of the season. And he said, thanks, but no thanks. He knows what he's worth. And have you seen how he's played baseball this year? His worth just got bigger and bigger and bigger in probably the eyes of a lot of teams around Major League Baseball, maybe even in the Yankees. Who knows? But that's a discussion for November, December. You got to worry about this month and next month before you worry about what Aaron Judge is going to do. But the help that you would think he would be able to maybe call upon and expect from the other guys in the lineup, I mean, he's just not getting it. There is nobody to be found. Giancarlo Stanton's got the foot injury. Fouled a pitch off of his foot yesterday, came out of the game. Now, no inside information. X-rays were negative. Great. You don't think that it's anything super serious. But knowing the history of Giancarlo Stanton, since he's been a New York Yankee, And really, even this year, can you really be 100% confident that it is just nothing with the foot? You know, like if you're a betting man right now, do you think that Stanton's going to be in the lineup tomorrow or out of the lineup tomorrow? I mean, given the track record and given the history, I would probably say he's not going to play. I mean, he might, but this guy misses so much time. He's not a gamer. So you can't count on him. Benintendi, who was finally, finally starting to turn it around, right? Starting to look like the guy that they thought they were trading for at the deadline. The guy who was hitting over 300 as a member of the Kansas City Royals. Not the guy who was scuffling a little bit since he put on pinstripes. (coughs) He was starting to play pretty well for them. And, of course, swings a bat, wrist injury, surgery, I wouldn't hold out any hope to see Andrew Benintendi in this lineup anytime soon. Maybe not even the rest of the season. If he's going under the knife, it's pretty serious. You know what I'm saying? It's enough to warrant surgery. And then today, even though they didn't play, you find out they lose Anthony Rizzo to the injured list. And not because of the ailment that had been sidelining him, which had been a bad back, and he had the epidural, and he missed several days. No, he's not going to the injury list because of a back injury. He's going to the injury list because of headaches. Now, you don't know why he's got the headaches. You don't know where the headaches come from. You know, we're not doctors. But let's hear from Aaron Boone talking to the media before tonight's supposed game about why Rizzo's being placed on the I.L. Frankly, I don't, I don't think it's anything back-related now. I think it's just dealing with the, you know, getting headaches and stuff like. So it's just he's kind of 
still under doctor's orders to kind of rest. So there's at least going to be a, a, a few day ramp up once we get them going. So we just got to get them to that point, you know, so that's been a little frustrating. I know for him in the last couple of days, the problem with the Yankees, right? And I know I touched on it already about judge, but aside from that, like, I, all right, I just gave you three guys who are, whose availability is going to be in question. Remember Rizzo was at least hitting the ball out of the ballpark. You know, he was at least the guy that you could somewhat count on to deliver a big knock every so often. And now you could scratch his name off the list. Other than those guys, like, who are you looking at in this lineup and actually feeling confident about? What, because IKF now has two home runs? No thanks. Josh Donaldson, who aside from the one walk-off Grand Slam, what has he done this year? Other than sit there and jaw with the opposition, you know, from the dugout and, and get into a war of wards with the opposing team. And, and, and steal money half the time because he's not hitting his weight and not doing what this team thought he was going to be doing when they acquired him. But, you know, I'll give you another reminder. There's a reason guys like Josh Donaldson now are on five teams in five years. Players like that move around a lot. You know, if you're a keeper, if you're reliable, and I know that there was, you know, circumstances and all those other things, but you know what? Where there's smoke, there's fire. You kind of see why Josh Donaldson's been well. Josh Donaldson's been well traveled over the last handful of years. All right, you follow baseball, you know the deal. So you look up and down this lineup, like wh- wh- who are you calling upon? What are you? Aaron Hicks is going to save you, really? Who else? Jose Trevino. Jose Trevino. Think about it. You know, you look at Jose Trevino for a guy that might be able to deliver you a quality at bat, and who would have thought that was possible? Remember when they traded for Trevino? Yankee fans yawned. It's like, what is that? And somebody's got to explain to me. Explain to me. If you finally call up Peraza. And remember last week when they called him up. I said they should have put him in that lineup first game right there and then when they got to Tampa. Immediately. The team was scuffling. Team was floundering. How about a little bit of a spark? You know, inject some youthful exuberance, some positivity, just for the sake of making a change into this lineup. Nope, they didn't play him. They didn't play him. He's been up here, and he's like an afterthought. What's the point of calling him up then? Like, I, I really i am sitting here, and I'm trying to wrap my mind around this, and I'm trying to understand that as best as humanly possible, what are you doing? It's almost like they're trying to, like, adapt and, you know, call an audible on their season, like, towards the finish line. Like, oh, let's reevaluate how we're doing things here. We're going to become this type of thing. Like, do you have a plan right now? I know that injuries maybe throw some stuff out of whack, and I know that you're playing shorthanded, and I get all those things. But do you have a plan right now? And boy, you know what's going to happen? You'll do well against the Twins tomorrow. Hell, you might even win both games of the doubleheader because you always beat Minnesota, like I said. But then Tampa Bay is going to come in there this weekend. And then what? What do you expect to happen against Tampa Bay? I don't think you feel confident. I don't think you can feel good. Tampa's rounding into form. Tampa's doing Tampa things that they usually do this time of year. Their pitching is what is guiding them. So think about that for a second. A Yankee offense, which can't hit their way out of a paper bag, now you're going up against the Tampa Bay pitching staff, which is now 
performing like one of the best staffs in all of Major League Baseball, don't you think that's mismatch? Don't you think that's edge Tampa when you're looking at this weekend and what to expect? I know I do. And before we, you know, go ahead and pencil in a couple of victories, by the way, against Tampa Bay or against Minnesota, and remember the Twins are fighting for their lives. They're only a game back at Cleveland in the Central Division. Garrett Cole's pitching one of those games tomorrow. Right? Garrett Cole's pitching one of those games. Do I have to remind you the last time Garrett Cole stepped on a mound and the Minnesota Twins were the team that was in the batter's box in Minnesota earlier this year? Remember that, Jim, with the five home runs? You would like to think he's going to bounce back and be better tomorrow because otherwise, what chance do you have? What chance do you have, especially when you have a lineup like this, which isn't doing a damn thing? And it's one guy and eight others. That's what the Yankees are. 99 plus eight. I know you hate to think in those terms. You know, it, it goes against the whole team concept. But that's what the Yankees are right now. They're 99 plus eight. Some marketing genius should go out there and just start printing up T-shirts for the rest of this season for the Yankees. 99 plus eight. And until that changes... I don't think I or anybody else out there can feel confident about the direction this team is heading in. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. Want to get your thoughts on that. Where do you feel about this team right now, despite the fact they've won a couple of games here? And then when we come back, I want to talk more about 99. Because it goes without saying, where in the heck would this team be if he was not a part of it? And this assault on the home run record and the chase on 61 and the chase on Maris. I don't think it's getting enough attention, to be quite honest with you. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Marte leaves the game with a hit-by-pitch, we told you. Then Rodolfo Castro connects on a 2-1 blast into the Allegheny River here in the third inning. So now it's Pirates 3-0 over the Mets and Taiwan Walker. And look, I didn't want to allow myself to go there regarding Walker because everybody knows last year the second half swooned. But you kind of chalk that up to, well, you know, this is a guy who was coming off of you know, a long layoff and surgery that maybe that workload, he wasn't used to it. And as the innings accumulated back last year that, you know, you started to see the deterioration in the performance because he was an all-star last year. This season, 
all-star caliber first half again. And he thought that he'd be better primed for success over the course of a full season. Well, guess what's happening here? Coming into tonight's game, he's got a 7 ERA in his last five. And he's already in the 3-0 hole here in the third inning. Here's the problem, boys and girls. It's not even so much about Taiwan Walker and where he's at right now. You know what the problem is? And, 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 and where did you think in a million years when life was good as a Mets fan and they were pushing almost 40 games over 500, did you ever think we were going to say this? Reality of the situation is that on September the 6th, 135 games into the season, taking on a team with the second worst record in baseball in the Pittsburgh Pirates, I don't even know if the Mets can score three runs right now. Like, that's where things are right now with this team. So, like, a 3 nothing deficit in the third inning, game might be over. Because remember, this is a team that only scored two runs total in 18 innings against the crummy Nationals. And Marte's out of the game. I mean, I don't know if Buck Showalter is a yeller, a screamer, a thrower, a destroyer of property in the clubhouse. Maybe he's got to do some of these things. Because this is like a malaise. This is a funk. Something has got to change right now with this team. And I don't know what the hell it is, to be quite honest with you. I really don't. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Anyway, back to the Yankees. Back to Aaron Judge. The home run chase, I know that, like, because of the events of the steroid era more than anything else, where Bud Selig and the powers that be with Major League Baseball, they essentially allowed the entire sport to take a detonator to the record book. And I think that baseball, more so than any other of the sports, you know, they cherish records. They cherish history, tradition, numbers, right? All those numbers weren't great, like 61. If you were a baseball fan, I don't care what team you rooted for, you knew that 61 was the pinnacle for home runs, right? You knew that that was like holy ground and that each and every year you wanted to see if anybody could come close to approaching that number. You knew that 755 in Henry Aaron, that was, that was the Mount Rushmore in terms of a career achievement of hitting home runs. Well... McGuire and Sosa came along, and you can forget about 61. Then Bonds comes along. Not only can you forget about, you know, 70, you can forget about 755 with all the PEDs and all the garbage. And lost in the shuffle of everything. You know, it, it's, it really is interesting that you think about the numbers and you think about 61 and all that stuff. Not only is that like the old single-season home run record, and to some people they still consider it to be. I'll, you know, I'll ask you that question, too, right now. All these years later, what, we're going almost, almost 25 years after the fact. You know, when 98 came with McGuire and Sosa and whatnot. What do you consider to be the single-season home run record? Is it 70? Is it 73? Is it 61? What is it? Because I think Judge is going to get there. And I think Judge is going to break it. And not only that, if you're still a believer in such things, if you're still a believer in territory when it comes to baseball, like American League, National League, 
I know that Rob Manford doesn't want you to believe in that stuff. And I know that Rob Manford doesn't want to, you know, carry on traditions and the way the game used to be and, and that type of thing. Because starting next year, who cares about American League and National League to a certain extent? Because everybody's going to play everybody, right? Interleague play is going to be the norm in Major League Baseball. But 61 is also the American League single-season home run record. Because remember, McGuire, Sosa, Bonds, all those guys were in the National League. And Aaron Judge, playing for a franchise as steeped in history and tradition as the New York Yankees are, you know, 54 home runs. How many guys that have worn a Yankee uniform have hit more than 54 home runs in a season? Two guys. Maris and Ruth. That's it. That is, I mean, that, that's, that's like sacred territory right there. I know A-Rod also hit 54, so there's kind of like a blemish there. So you got to like at least hit one more to get past A-Rod so you're not tied with him much longer. But he's on pace for 65 right now. But the problem I think the judge is going to run into here as we move forward through the season is that, as I said earlier, how many teams are actually going to sit there and legitimately pitch to Aaron Judge? Like, remember earlier in the year, you know, before the All-Star break, June, when the Yankees were just, like, cruising, and they were running away with this thing, and they were, like, a ridiculous amount of games over 500. Remember that? And you thought, looking ahead, like, okay, if Judge keeps up this pace and he's going to challenge for 61 and see how many home runs he hits and all that stuff, he may not even get an opportunity because the Yankees are going to be so far ahead of the pack in the American League East. And when it comes time to, let's say, September, and when you're making that final push to maybe get that record, who knows if Judge would even be in the lineup. You know, Aaron Boone might decide to sit him on occasion, make sure that he's healthy and 100% ready to go for the playoffs instead of just chasing individual milestones because the Yankees were going to have everything wrapped up from a team standpoint. Well, that ain't the case anymore. You know, now the Yankees need to go out there and literally win every single day because you got Tampa right on their heels. And you just want to start to feel better about yourself going into the playoffs. So Judge is going to have an opportunity. You know, if he's got to hit eight more to break that record and the Yankees have, you know, 27 games left, you're talking about he probably needs to go deep like once every, you know, three games or so. That's the rate that he's going to have to carry on. And I know that he's hit a home run in five of the last seven games. But can you keep that up for another three weeks? That's asking a lot. And I truly 100% believe that it would mean something. I really and truly do. As I said, I think some people have become jaded about the home run chase and records and milestones when it comes to baseball because of steroids. I don't think that applies here. I think this would be something. And maybe even furthermore, because he's breaking a record of a guy who wore the same uniform as he did. Imagine the Yankees let him walk out the door if he sets the record and he goes and signs with another team, you know, for $300 million or whatever. And I don't think that, you know, like just, I, I, I don't even think that money is going to be the end-all, be-all when it comes to Judge deciding where he's going to call home after this year. I actually think it's going to come down to length of contract. I really and truly believe that. Because Judge is no spring chicken, as we know, you know, compared to some of these other guys. Judge did not come up when he was 20. You know, he didn't get – he's not going to get an opportunity to get one of these, you know, mammoth 10-year deals like Fernando Tatis or Francisco Lindor or something like that, which I think are ridiculous anyway. And you see how it's working out with, uh, with Tatis. 
you know, he's given them no bang for their buck. And he's been a disappointment. He was dishonest with the Padres, on and on and on and on and on. He never plays. You know, that's why Julio Rodriguez is a great kid with the Seattle Mariners. But why did Seattle have to run out there and give this guy, like, what was it, a 14-year contract or whatever the hell they did? Like, let the guy play. It's not like he's a free agent anytime soon. Like, just let him go. He's under team control. Guy's a rookie. Like, I, I just don't understand this, this need to go out there and sign these players for 20-year deals for the rest of their careers. Like, how do you know they're going to be good for all those years? How do you know that they're not going to get hit with the injury bug? I mean, I could sit here and we could fill up an encyclopedia series of athletes who burst onto the scene in their first couple of years and you thought that they were going to be like all-time greats, only that their career went down a different path. But I digress. You know, Judge is 30 years old. Nobody's giving him a 10-year deal. I think he'll probably hold out for somewhere maybe in the eight-year range. You know, and, and will teams want to include a guarantee eighth year given where he is right now in his career? I'm sure he's going to get a high AAV, which he should. If you're asking me right now what I think would be fair for Judge, I'd say seven years somewhere between 250 and $300 million. And, yes, that's coming off of the year that he's coming off of. A year which I think, yes, absolutely 100% should result in an MVP. Thousand percent. And Otani hit a couple of more home runs last night. All well and good. You want to talk about like best player, most outstanding player, most spectacular player, whatever the hell you want to call it. Fine, you can give that to Otani because he pitches too, and he pitches pretty good. He might even be better this year on the mound than he was on the mound last year. But his team stinks. And I do think that that has to count for something. Especially... When you have another guy who is a prime contender for this award in Judge and who's going out there and producing and literally carrying this team on his back. Because if Aaron Judge was not a part of the 2022 New York Yankees, do you really and truly believe that we would be sitting here on the 6th of September talking about the Yankees as a first-place team? Hell no. Of course not. No shot. So that's got to be a feather in the cap for Judge. And I think that the way this Yankee team is trending for the final three, four weeks of the season, if voters open their eyes and see that he is literally the only thing worth addressing in this lineup, 99 plus 8, how do you not vote for him? How do you not vote for him? Unfortunately, you know, I, I, I've kind of noticed just by, like, reading people on Twitter and this and that that cover the game. And, look, I got, you know, respect for all these people. I do. You know, I'm not trying to dump on anybody. I'm not going to single anybody out. But I've noticed that, like, the majority are, like, younger type of folks. They're the ones who are all, like, mesmerized by Otani and all of his exploits, and they think the guy walks on water. You know, I'm not in that camp. I admit that he's good. He's great. He is a super talent. But I don't sit there and, like, fawn over the guy every time he steps out on a baseball field and we just, like, have to engrave his name on the MVP trophy permanently on an annual basis. That's not me. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. We'll get some calls in. We'll also do some football for the next hour. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talking Yanks, talking Judge, Frank and Westbury. He's up next, 98.7 ESPN. Frankie, how we doing? What's up, Dan? Uh, I wanted up, to Frank? just congratulate you on the show first. Uh, I know it's been a few weeks. I just didn't get a chance to call in. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Not a problem. All right, so I was listening to you uh, talk about how Judge should win the MVP, and I agree 100%, right? But you also said how the team record goes into play, you know, or it should at least, and I also think that that definitely should play a role. But now let's say Otani and Judge were um, swapped, right? They're on uh, – uh, Otani's on the Yankees, right. boom. Judge is on the uh, Angels. Now, do you think he should still get the MVP, or does the, is the record so bad that, no, no matter what, he breaks Maris's record, or does it mean as much since he's an Angel? Like, what, what do you think your take on that? that what, what would it be then, hypothetically? It's a, it's a fair point. It really and truly mm-hmm. is. And a couple of things I think are conspiring against that, Frank, and I'll, I'll say this. Number one, look no further with Otani. Look at his teammate in Mike Trout, right? Mike Trout right. won three MVP awards on crappy teams, right? Because the That's Angels true. have been bad pretty much, you know, for the majority of Mike Trout's career. So he won three MVPs on losing teams. Number two, mm-hmm. the fact that Otani won it last year, I do think when it comes to these awards – that a lot of the voters, and we don't, and, and it's different voters each year. It's not like the same 30 guys or the same 40 guys. They change it up. The voters, okay. I think, they always try to, like, share the wealth and distribute it a little bit, meaning right. they'll look for excuses not to vote for the same guy two years in a row. You know what right. I mean? So, this like, in every sport. Exactly. So, you, you just you don't know what's on guys' minds. Like, last year, for example, in the Cy Young Award for the National League, like Zach Wheeler of the Phillies, he threw the mm-hmm. most innings, had the biggest workload of any pitcher in baseball, and everybody talked about how important that is nowadays because guys don't go deep into games anymore and how impressive that right. was. And then they give the Cy Young Award to Corbin Burns, who only qualified <laughs> for the ERA title by six innings, six lousy innings. So you just don't know what these guys are thinking. But, Frank, I don't see how you can't give a, a judge. Point, though, that they don't want to give him back-to-back. So thanks, Dan. Thanks for taking the call. Keep killing it, right? Frank, be good, buddy. And, well, I mean, look. They gave back-to-back Cy Young Awards to Jacob DeGrom, right? But was there really anybody? I mean, one of them should have been unanimous, and it wasn't. I think wasn't he, he got like all but one or two votes. I think Max Scherzer might have been the, the runner-up that year. I don't even remember. But unless you have like a definitive challenger, right, that's when you give guys like the repeat award, you know? Last year, was there really I, – I mean, I know the Vlad – look, Vlad Jr. was great last year. Vlad Jr., right, would have won an MVP 95% of the time with the season that he had last year. But you look at Judge right now, I mean, Judge's season, if you ask me, is better than Vlad Jr.'s last year. And I didn't even know if I would ever think that was possible. I mean, that's how good this guy was. Vlad's OPS last year was 835. Or excuse me. Excuse me. I was checking that this year. 
His OPS last year was, you know, 1,002. Okay? Judge's OPS this year is 1,085. I mean, go to Judge's baseball reference page. He is literally bold black ink for several categories, which means he leads the league in all of them. Another thing you give him to say, this is the MVP we're looking at. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.